0: Why would I change my, myself when that's been so successful? And then, so Blockbuster, incredible business, but it became so successful they couldn't figure out Netflix. That was too hard to give up to get to the new prairie. Right. Same for us as individuals. If I've done, if I have certain behaviors, if I have certain ways of seeing the world, if I have certain ways of creating relationship, and I've done that for 25 years, and now I'm in the C-suite. But the world's changing, and it's changing so rapidly, I could find myself with that model, with those behaviors, with that style becoming obsolete or extinct even.
1: Welcome to the Manage Self, Lead Others Leadership Podcast with Nina Sunday for experienced and aspiring people managers. This show will help you explore ways to become a more intentional leader. Each episode, host Nina Sunday speaks with some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share a passion to elevate and transform team culture. Workplace culture hides in plain sight. Is yours flourishing? Join the movement to make your workplace a better place to work. Are you ready? Because it's time. To manage self, lead others, and welcome again, Dan Silverberg.
0: Well, Nina, it is a pleasure to be back with you, and uh, we always seem to have some fun along the way. So, thanks for having me back.
1: Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. So, what are we talking about tonight? This is this is episode six, the last part of the six-part bonus series. So, what are we going to cover? I've sort of left it up to you.
0: Yeah. So, in the first uh, session we talked about the inward journey and there yep. were four areas to that right one was to tell your story write your story right one was who am i yep one was admit your are in authenticity yes and the other one was what is your relationship to spirituality so that was a good beginning and what I want to do now is actually go to the second version of that, which is basically how do I approach being a leader for the first time? And it's an interesting conundrum because basically how I approach who I am and what I've done is based on an operating system. We talk about in the council, having a leader operating system, right? And so the operating system is basically the experiences that we've had, the beliefs that were downloaded into us from a very early age up to about seven or eight, Mm -hmm. we had no filter, we had no analytic mind. And so whatever was dumped into us, just like in a computer, whatever you load in, that becomes the operating system. And so now as we start to look at how do I align more with who I truly am, we have to take a look at this operating system yeah so when we look at it what we what we normally do is we think about what it means to be a leader or we think about what is leadership and so we've built a frame of reference over a period of time in our career and so we have this idea of what it means to be a leader but i would argue that we have it backwards So if we're thinking about what it means to be a leader, we're not thinking about the sustainable success that begins with our own transformation, right? So if our operating system has viruses in it, if our operating system isn't congruent and aligned with who we truly are, then as we approach the world with how we think leader and leadership is we probably have some viruses in that thinking
1: some people would call them self-limiting beliefs that sort of thing
0: it can be self-limiting beliefs it can be um again i think you know we had some questions what are three of your earliest experiences Mm -hmm. mom's favorite dad's favorite what's your birth order What can the world expect from you and what can you expect from the world? Mm. That the answer to those questions is the mental map. In other words, it is the way we see the world. The world isn't the way we see it. The world is the way we see it.
1: Exactly. And And it's all about the context we bring to it and our, as you say, our experiences and our childhood programming.
0: Right. So there's an experience that ha- we go to the movies and we come out of the movies and Nina, I say, let's go have coffee. Tell me what was the best part of the movie. And you go through all of the, what hit you and the emotion. And and I'm just looking at you going, were we in the same movie? <laughs> right, Because your mental maps, your biases, how you see the world, your perception is different than mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of us growing ourselves up as leaders is how are we going to start to A, identify our mental map, and then B, what are we going to do to change them to get a wider view of the world? And so if there is no transformation inside each of us, all the structural change in the world won't mean anything. Yeah. Mm. So if the world is is a scary place, if the world is not abundant, if I'm alone and on my own, it doesn't matter what the government passes or it doesn't matter what my boss tells me about how great I am or anything like that, I'm basically going to see the world in my pattern. Yeah. And so this idea of unleashing the inner genius is the transformation that we're talking about.
1: You know, Dan, I didn't even realize the concept of patterns of behavior that may or may not have been serving me till I was in my late 20s, maybe 30. And that was when I think my life really started, because it's only when you start reflecting and observing your own patterns and then then al- aligning it with, well, do these actually get me what I want? I think that's when maturity starts and that's when growth starts. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. And there's, we'll get further into this, but one of the things that we want to do in this leader operating system council is to start to identify our blind spots. Mm. We all have them. Right. And so what you're, I think what you're really talking about is some of the unconscious thoughts, behaviors, choices, actions, sort of rose up into consciousness and now you have a choice in the matter and when you choose something different that's you having agency that's you having a voice that's you having a stand for your life that's you showing a commitment that's the transformation so as a leader if I want to tell my organization we're going to need to change and then I want to figure you know I want to have them start thinking about how to change. This is why um, organizational change is so difficult. It's an impossibility. (laughs) Until until you identify your mental maps and until you're willing to say, I have blind spots, there's ambiguity. I don't know what I don't know. And and that's this journey that we're going to be on then we get a wider view of the world. And now we start to change the mental maps that we have. Mm. Now we can start to think differently. Without the personal transformation first, we can't think about how we want to change. Well, if you have
1: never undergone a personal transformation yourself, how can you ask others to do that? Because whenever you want to change an organization, some people are pretty fixed in the status quo
0: exactly not only are they fixed in the status quo but it's the human condition yeah it's just the human condition it's not that they're bad people or that they don't want to do what you want to do but change is not easy and asking someone to change thinking well it's not that hard without going through transformation first Mm. is a non-starter yeah so When we have all these mergers and acquisitions and we have companies that have different cultures and we're going to blend the culture, most acquisitions don't really work, right? Because we're not doing the process. We're backwards in our process. Yeah. Yeah. So we play as leaders a critical role in creating the opening. For people to change and the opening is the personal journey right so now if we're not training and developing along the lines of this kind of personal journey to transformation then no matter what's going on in the world we need to be more agile we need to be more competitive we need to think differently we need to figure out how we're going to do things in a That can't happen because we've only got so much bandwidth in a mind, right? So are we talking about people at some
1: uh, uh, fairly early point in their life doing some personal uh, development in addition to the professional development that includes, uh, well, you're not talking about getting therapy, are you? Or maybe you are if, if there's been a trauma or...
0: Well, it's like if, not- there, if there's been deep trauma, then that should be therapeutic. But all of us have wounds. Yeah. And how how we make sense of the world. So you went to school and somebody was what you thought was bullying you. I went to school and I had somebody doing the same kind of behavior and I just laughed it off. <laughs> That's right. So we have very different views of the world. We have very different views of how we're treated, what our self-worth is, what our self-esteem is, right? So all of that is going to depend on how we make sense of our own experience.
1: Yeah, it's what you infer. A lot of people infer a motivation behind behavior that actually doesn't exist, but it's negative towards them. Like uh, in, a, in a corporate workshop, someone said, my, start, my team members don't respond to my emails. They're disrespecting me. And I said, well, maybe they're just busy. Maybe they're not proactively disrespecting you, but maybe there's another way to deal with that.
0: <laughs> maybe. And, and uh, so it is not therapy. I am not a therapist. I don't pretend to be a therapist. And yeah. if you have severe trauma, I would say that you're probably not the right person for me right now. Um, but that's also to say that the work can be extremely therapeutic and healing. Yes. Yeah. Therapy looks, I believe that therapy looks at the individual as broken and needs to be fixed. I see. Yes, I don't look at people as broken. I look at people as unrealized potential.
1: Yeah. And, and cause you, you talk about attachment theory and that's related to your position in the family. Have I got it right?
0: attachment well it is somewhat that but early attachment secure insecure avoidant and dissociative those are kind of the four major ideas oh. of attachment right right so here's how it works you're a baby you cannot survive without a primary caregiver oh. so you're a sentient being you sense and feel you as a baby you're not even seeing into the world right away so You start to cry Mm -hmm. and you need to be fed, and no one comes for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's not a good attachment. That's really a breach. You're You're cooing and smiling. Is mom cooing and smiling back at you, in which case you're being reflected? That creates a secure attachment. Right. Right. So now you're a couple years old and you're looking for mom and her attention. She's got dinner on the stove. The phone is ringing and the doorbell just rang and you're the last thing on her mind. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a breach. Right. Breaches happen all the time. The question is, is there a repair?
1: Right. Mm. Right.
0: So little guy, little girl, I'm sorry, mommy had to go to the door you know, but now I can hold you. And and so there's a repair that goes on Mm. and that creates attachment. Right. So you see some kids who go to school and can't wait to go in the class. And then there's others that won't let go of mom at all. Mm. There are kids, if if you put six women or six primary caregivers in a room with six children, and then you ask the parents to leave for five minutes, And when the parents come back, some kids run to the parent happy to see them. Some kids turn their back. Some kids avoid. Right? So these are all, you know, distinctions around attachment. And so when we're dealing with our spouse, our partner, our kids, our employees, ourselves, to what level are we attached? It's it's an inner... In, and it's tied in, in with
1: sure. the sense of belonging which is a very important concept these days you know the uh the feeling of being of belonging and i guess if you had a positive feeling of belonging in the family that's going to reflect in your workplace as well but um mm-hmm. yeah all very interesting
0: <laughs> so yeah, i know people who've been married two three four times yeah and they do the same thing over and over and over they have an attachment issue and now there is work that's being done in adult attachment right. that is profound. Right. And all of a sudden, so we think we're 30, 40, 50, and we're acting that age when in fact we're still acting as wounded little people, or right. we're acting in our our rebel 12, 13, 14-year-old self. Yes. So which part of our self is driving the bus? Yeah. Sometimes the wounded little guy is driving the bus. And sometimes the, the wise man is driving the bus. And it's moment by moment, depending on what's coming into us from uh, data. Yeah. So this is the exploration. Again, it's not therapy to me. It's becoming, it's knowing now who you are, what triggers you. What kinds of shadows do you have? right? What do you want? What do you not want people to know about you? If they only knew me, then fill in the blank. (laughs) They would know I'm a genius or they would know that they don't want to be my friend. It can go, which way do you want to look at it? Mm -hmm. Right. So if you only knew me is is a good one to start with.
1: Oh, really? Right.
0: And so when we see the world, we have a very narrow little view of it. So if we see a big map, we only see this much. So if there's 12 people in the room, we'll get 12 spotlights. Yes. Now, we might get some that are close. We might get some that are a little bit on. But more often than not, we'll get different ones. Mm. So in a business environment, if you're playing status, if you're playing by title, if you're playing by authority, if you're playing by, I can fire you one up, one down, then the spotlights will dim out of what emotion? Fear. Yeah. So if we take title out of the picture as a leader, I create a status where everyone status is equal that doesn't mean I do everything what no matter what everybody wants but everybody gets seen everybody gets heard everybody gets acknowledged for their participation and maybe even after a meeting to say to somebody I know Nina this is really what you were hoping we're going to do I'm sorry but we're going to go in a different direction I want you to keep bringing up your ideas. They're valuable. That's not how most people work. How most people work is, oh, I didn't get my idea. Therefore, I'm not good enough. They don't like me. I'll get fired. All of this stuff that goes <laughs> on in my head.
1: Oh, right? the, next... the negative spiral. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so one of the one of the great things about this whole thing is we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Profound.
0: So our mental model is our belief about how the world works. And it simplifies and organizes the life. And then what happens is we have a belief and then we have an experience and we make sure that the experience matches the belief. So now we get to reinforce the belief to have another experience that reinforces the belief. And that circular mm. is what keeps us from growing. Yeah. So now if we can take a look at a particular belief and go, that's really not universally true. It's true for me.
1: Mm.
0: What if now that I bring it to consciousness, I decided That instead of I'm alone and on my own, and unless I do it, it doesn't get done right. How about I'm really good at collaborating, and I know the people around me have the best of intent, and it will get done the way it's supposed to. Which one of those is true? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Because the second one actually sounded like an affirmation, which is something you tell yourself when you want it to be true. Well, you might the you hope might, that it becomes true.
0: well, you might start there, but you'll never transform doing that right. See right. the way you transform is having an assignment with something that reinforces a behavior that creates a new emotion that right. creates new integration into you, so I don't ask for things because people don't want to help me, or you'll hear a woman say. Oh I, I take care of everybody else. I have no time to take care of myself right i I mean that is universal well, it's a belief that
1: she probably propagates by her behavior that she she could find time to do something for herself if she didn't believe that
0: well if she, she was, didn't believe it, the opposite it was downloaded yeah so you, Care of your husband, you need to take care yeah. of the kids. you need to take care of the family, you should be pleasant, you should be all of those cues and codes of the culture. Mm. Right? Well, not necessarily. Mm. So now if we want to change, we have to have a different mental map. Yeah. To our own transformation. Mm. So now I'm valuable, I'm worthwhile, I take time for myself. Yeah. I have a voice. I ask for help. I don't enter into relationships where I'm a hundred percent and the other person is zero. Yeah. that's yeah. Well, very unequal. Easy. Well, it sounds easy, but it's not because it's been downloaded for 25, 30, right. 35 years. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but perhaps you were
1: oblivious to that program driving you, but, and, the beauty of this um inward reflection is that you start to see that it is just a, a program. It's just a belief. Exactly. And you can change it.
0: And you can change.
1: And you you are then empowered.
0: Mm. And we're gonna to get to empowered versus disempowered. You're a little ahead of me. Oh, Stay with my. me.
1: <laughs> Let's pause for a moment while I tell you about today's sponsor. As certain as we need oxygen. A leader needs a guide to grow our mindset, our emotional intelligence, as well as our skill set. Dan Silberberg's Leader Council, starting soon, puts 12 to 15 people together into a cohort, working together with accountability partners for the duration. It might be 12 months, six months. Who is this Leader Council for? Firstly, if you are in a C-suite role in a company with 100 to $500 million turnover, then your organisation has enough diversity with pricing power, distribution channels, a finance department, marketing and sales. This is for you. Go to Dan Silverberg's website, ai to find out more and your code to mention is Nina Sunday. You can also find Dan Silverberg on LinkedIn to request a conversation and mention my name, Nina Sunday. Secondly, if you're an entrepreneur, a founder, owner, a CEO with a company with eight to fifty million dollars turnover, Dan leads a leader council for this cohort as well. Aristotle coined the term entelechy, the realization of potential. This episode is your call to adventure. Go to IntelliKey.ai now to learn more. And now let's return to my fascinating conversation with Dan Silverberg i can read your mind
0: (laughs) so one of the things that the the eye can only see what the mind is willing to comprehend yeah okay and it's only willing to comprehend based on a past yeah in the present moment and totally missed it because your mental map is in the past So the mental map of how the world works is just that. It's our mental map. It's our perception. But it's not necessarily real. It's real to us. True. Yeah. Right? And then we have mental models to provide sense-making. We have to make sense of the life that we're living. So here's how it works. We have a thought. The Mm -hmm. thought translates now to a behavior.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Behavior informs our choices. Our choices inform our experience. Mm -hmm. Our experience creates an emotion, positive, negative, joy, fear, anger, hurt, sadness. That creates a memory. That now gets stored in our past mental model. Right. Right. So every time we're in the present moment, everything is being filtered to fit into the library of the past mental model. So unless we're going to shift that model, we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. That's right. And
1: expecting a different result is the definition of madness. (laughs)
0: And we think it's how the world works. We've convinced ourselves this is how the world works. But it's really just our own perception built in our mind. Now, if you're a leader, let's say you're a leader in business. And you started out. And now, all of a sudden, you've had this incredible career. And you find yourself in the C-suite. Just where you were hoping to go. Right. Right. Who's easier to change a mental map, a person in the C-suite or a new trainee? Depends on the person. The C-suite person.
1: that They've already climbed the mountain and they have more to lose by changing. So that could well, inhibit them changing.
0: It's not so much what they have to lose. It's they have built that career. Of how they've behaved in a way yes. that has created enormous success. Yes. Why would I change my yes. myself when that's been so successful? Right. Yeah. yeah. So when we when we look at companies and businesses, what happens? What how is it that businesses can do something that become incredible and then so blockbuster? Incredible business, but it became so successful, they couldn't figure out Netflix. That was too hard to give up to get to the new prairie. Right. Same for us as individuals. If I've done, if I have certain behaviors, if I have certain ways of seeing the world, if I have certain ways of creating relationship, and I've done that for 25 years, and now I'm in the C-suite but the world's changing and it's changing so rapidly. I could find myself with that model, with those behaviors, with that style becoming obsolete or extinct even.
1: Well, there's even a cliche around what got you to here won't get you to the next point. You know, so, so just because it was successful up till now, we have a swirling world of change at the moment We've hit the exponential, you know, curve going up. And, yeah, maybe we do need some new behaviors.
0: And we've exercised that muscle within us for all of this time. Hmm. Part of it is I, I don't know what the new muscle would be. I don't know what that new path would be. There's risk there. So you know what? I'm just going to ride out what I have. Change is not easy. It has nothing to do with income or title or anything else because this little thing up here <laughs> is really powerful. Yeah. And our egoic mind wants to protect and keep yeah. everything just as it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So the idea then of this personal journey and transformation it takes courage. It takes a sense of risk. It takes a commitment to be a stand for something new and to be comfortable in the void.
1: And it takes a sense of adventure.
0: That's right. <laughs> so I think it was Einstein who told us that without changing our pattern of thought, we'll not be able to solve the problems we created With our current pattern. of Exactly. Yeah. Correct. So if you are part
1: of the problem, it's pretty hard to be also part of the solution.
0: (laughs) Well, if you created something that is so hugely successful, right. It's very hard to take that baby and say, you know what? It might be time to put it over (laughs) here and we're going to do something new. Mm. And this is, This is the evolution in a business of, you know, so we look at at the Dow Jones and stocks don't stay on very long, you know, nothing from the 1950s. So Mm. they change all the time. So are we going to be in that realm or are we going to try to hold on, you know, hanging by our fingernails? That's not going to be a very good thing. No. So we basically have three minds. We have the past, yeah. we have the present, and we have the future. Yeah. Right. The present is our operating system. Right. This this is everything that's happening to us in the moment. But it's getting processed just like a CPU would process. Mm-hmm. And it is now living in the past mental model however that needs to look so that it fits properly yeah Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: that's not a way for transformation that's a way for same that's a way for living today the way you lived yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before Mm -hmm. so if you get up in the morning and you do exactly the same ritual You get out of bed, you go to the toilet, you brush your teeth, you take a shower, you put your clothes on, you drive to the business or wherever you're going on exactly the same route. You're no longer in the present. You're in the past. Mm. Mm -hmm. We have no power in the past. Our power is in the present. Yeah. That's where we can be empowered because the present is where we get to choose. Yes. Yeah? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the reason that so much of our present experience is processed into a mental model of the past is we've ascribed meaning and emotion to those experiences. And so we want to put them in the same place in the same file cabinet. So if we had a positive experience, then we're going to assign the meaning that is positive. Yeah. But if we had a negative experience when we were seven years old and now we're 40 and we're still ascribing a negative emotion when actually something could be extremely positive. So as a seven-year-old, when dad's yelling at you and his voice is really loud and he's towering over you, that sense of getting feedback and criticism creates a very negative emotion. Mm. Now that I'm 40, and I'm in the C-suite, and my boss is sharing with me feedback, well, that shouldn't be a negative emotion. sets up the association. Thank you very much, because now you're seeing me, you're helping. Mm -hmm. It's not a criticism to tell me I'm not good. It's a a feedback of, I want you to become who you can become. That should be a very positive emotion but we don't see it that way. So if you have a review and your boss spends 20 minutes telling you all of the great things you did this year in your review, and Nina, the one thing I'd like you to work on going forward, and then you go home and your partner says, so how'd the review go? And you go, not very good. I have to be (laughs) honest. I mean, he told me blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute. There was 20 minutes of fabulous. No. So- it takes about 8 to 11 attaboys for every one right. not so happy. Mm. So, you know, again, we need we need to have a better sense of how this all works. So now if we start to, again, now let's go back to we're going to tell our life story. Part of it is going to be conscious if we're really doing the work, the unconscious is going to come forward. So is the, is your story going to say, I'm not good enough? Is your story going to say, watch your back. I can't trust these people. Is your story going to say, the world is abundant. The world is secure. The world is safe. The world wants me to succeed. What is your story? Now, who are we telling the story to, just to ourselves or? Well, in my counsel, you're going right. to be writing it for yourself. Right. yeah. But you're going to be bringing it to the group, and we're going to be sharing mental right. maps, right? right? We're going to create psychological safety. Yeah. But yes, we want to bring these stories forward so we can see our blind spots, see where our perceptual intelligence may not be on target, and that we can get feedback now and reflection and assignments to put to now, put new programming in.
1: And and you've you've talked you've heard about the dunning kruger effect and its opposite which is there seems to be some research that the people who um overblow or overemphasize their their talents and their skills so sometimes the reality doesn't match and there's also the opposite which is people that are really skilled and talented often diminish or or hold back from you know their own attitude a positive attitude around their skills and uh and abilities. So, do you have you ever seen that interplay? You know, people's being overconfident and not mm-hmm. their blind spot is being super confident and not seeing their blind, uh, seeing their their negative traits.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we're also as a as a society judged harshly if we're arrogant, if we're superior, if we stand out. But yet if we've accomplished and we've done those things, why shouldn't we be able to say, this is who I am and this um, is what I've done. And this exactly. Is, and you know? some people
1: are gifted and talented. So uh, yeah. celebrate that.
0: <laughs> well, see, the thing is that we don't want people to feel bad about themselves if you're patting hmm. yourself on the back too much, except that each one of us, and that's part of what we do at the council, what is your genius right see there's there's people that are going to be master musicians, right? There are people that are going to be incredible at sport, but they're going to be people that are incredible caretakers they're going to be people that are incredible in some form of their lives and why should we judge that genius to be less than this genius
1: exactly and that's that's why gardner's multiple intelligences is interesting because they talk about eight or or nine different intelligences and people have uh different combinations of those you know mathematical verbal linguistic intrapersonal interpersonal and there's, there's a list of eight so eight or nine so yeah it's it's appreciating your own talent and appreciating your own genius and a lot of people don't appreciate that their talent is their genius and we should celebrate that
0: exactly Hmm. not only should we celebrate it we shouldn't bleed them out of it which is what we do at a very early age and it's what education does so one of the questions is what is the opposite of courage
1: fear no uh passivity
0: conformity
1: oh conformity of course (laughs)
0: right yeah so that's it but that's what we hope for that's what we're schooled for that's what education is all about if we look at examples of disempowering versus empowering yeah i'm not i'm not good enough i'm out for myself is disempowering right I have much to be grateful for. Is it empowering? The work I do makes contributions to others. That's empowering. It's a zero-sum game. Either I'm right or I'm wrong. Disempowering. I'm part of something larger than myself. Empowering. So-and-so will never be a team player. Disempowering. All right? I'll seek out the best in others. My marriage will suck until my spouse changes disempowering.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So that's a part of how we start to look at the mental map. So one of the things we talked about is who am I? We, If someone says, so Nina, who are you? We tend to say, give me two sentences. Who are you?
1: Oh, I'm a professional speaker and trainer and podcast host, and I live in Brisbane, Australia, and I have a business that uh, is expressed in every city in Australia, the big city in Australia. I mean, that's my professional description.
0: I couldn't have paid you better to say that, okay? (laughs) And so this is what happens. This is who we tell people we are. It's not who we are. Who we are is what we're committed to in our lives and what we yeah. bring forward. So basically we tell people our title, our industry, mm. you know, our achievements. Uh, no. So when we look at, at um, we shouldn't confuse the role that we have with who we really are. So male, female is a role. Gay, straight is a role. Black white is a role. Boss subordinate is a role. Yeah, has very little to do with who we are. Right, so it, it's the easy way of of doing it, but we leave ourselves behind when we describe ourselves like that. So who are you really? Is reflected into what are you a stand for? What are your commitments? To yourself. How do you see helping others in the world? How do you some see something larger than yourselves? How do you see moving the world forward? How do you see embracing the human condition to make it better for others?
1: Mm.
0: That's really who you are. The other stuff is right, because when you retire, you're not any of that, but you're still you. Mm.
1: Mm. Um, when when I do a little bit of a work life balance uh, moment with with a group, I've I've picked out four areas that I think touch on a bit of a the rounded person, which is achievement, happiness, health and fitness, and contribution. So you know if there's one thing you you're not doing now that you want to uh, that will contribute to a greater sense of contribution or a greater sense of happiness or achievement. Um, those answers kind of give you a bit of a holistic picture of the person.
0: Do you think? Mm. Well, and I couldn't have paid you more to go to the next thing. So when we look at what we're a stand for, if you look at, at people that you might admire, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, Madison, the framers, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Fuller. Mother Teresa, Buckminster Fuller. We don't describe them with their role of, I'm the CEO of ABC <laughs> company, blah, 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 blah. That's not how we describe them. And it shouldn't be how we describe ourselves. But we do it because it's our way of measuring up, of thinking that we will be more, the higher our t- title, the more money we make, right? The bigger house we have, the better cars we drive. This is where, oh, he achieved, this person's a loser. (laughs) Nothing could be be further from the truth. Hmm. So that gets us to the six A's. Yeah. Yeah. And the A is the Achilles heel. It, again, it can be disempowering or it can be empowering. Hmm. So achievement. Oh yeah. If I if I, as a person, am determined to excel, to accomplish, to perform, to achieve this status of the C-suite, that's one way, right? But that could be an Achilles heel for me. Yeah. Authority. Right. A need to control, a need to dominate, a need to have clout, a need to tell others what to do. Is that really who you are? I think it's an Achilles heel. Right. Admiration. So do we play authentic or do we fixate on being liked and popular and accepted and approved of and in the and in that process we lose ourselves. Right? Another Achilles heel is affluence. So this obsession with wealth and material possessions the Kardashians that the TikTok influencers, the I was I became a millionaire by the time I was twelve months old, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Our appearance, the addiction to to bodily features and looks and having six pack abs and having the right, you know, width of lips and all the all of that. And then the other Achilles heel, the last one, is attention. The need to be in the spotlight, to need to have things on to me, the need to be noticed.
1: I have friends that I go, you have a great need for attention. (laughs) I have a little need, but I don't think it's overblown.
0: (laughs) I have a thing where I want to know how much drama I need to put up with you. (laughs) Right? so yeah, some um, yes.
1: people love the drama because it gives them attention you're right
0: <laughs> well and there's this thing about you know what you're really high maintenance you constantly need to be told you look pretty you constantly need to go um, uh, you know have gifts brought to you you constantly need fill in the blank
1: yeah
0: right so all of those kinds of things are part of our mental map
1: mm.
0: so It takes courage to understand and learn. So why, so W-Y-D-K-Y-D-K. What you don't know that you don't know.
1: W-Y-D-K-Y-D-K. What you don't know, you don't know. I love that. That's a bit like Tim Toady. There is more than one way to do it.
0: Well, so, W-Y-D-K-Y-D-K, how do others see you?
1: Mm.
0: How self-aware are you? Mm -hmm. How good a leader are you? So, can I enlarge my perspective to understand how I could affect being a better leader? If I don't know what I don't know, that I don't know, then I'm limited.
1: We're talking about the unknown unknowns becoming known. And then Mm -hmm. when when a known unknown, it becomes a known
0: known. (laughs) Well, so we're in a meeting and I I want to achieve this. And I say, and I don't know this. But somebody else says, but what about this? And it never crossed my transom. So somebody else's perception that I don't know, I didn't know that that could be a part of what I wanted to get done. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This is why as a leader to open up and, and this transformation journey for your people, it creates a sense of confidence and stability and drives innovation and creates psychological safety so that I actually show up as myself and I can contribute as opposed to top-down fear-based command and control, I'll say a little, but I don't want to go too far out on a limb because I could chop off the limb and I'm gone, right? So how how restricted is the thinking in your business? How restricted is it in your relationship, with kids, spouse, partner, community, with your own spirituality, <laughs> All of these things can get very narrow, very myopic, very limited. Mm. This new way of thinking, and so to kind of close this out, Mm. this new way of thinking has to come from the inside out. This is why I believe that leadership development has been so anemic and has not brought the result. Because it's an outside-in game.
1: So your leader counsel is an iron infusion then.
0: (laughs) Right? So we have to have oxygen so that we can move forward. Hmm. But we also need a guide. And we also need others. And we need to have a growth mindset. And we need to be open. Right? And it sounds easy. Again, the egoic mind is there to protect. Exactly. We have a lot of parts within us. So we have the the self-critic, we have the judge, we have the perpetrator, we have the saboteur, we have the wounded child, okay. we have the wise adult. We have all these different people within us and all these different voices going on.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So this is the journey that that I've done myself for the last 40 years and um it's fascinating, it takes courage, it takes dedication and commitment. Oh, I'm too busy for that. I can't think of anything actually that would be more valuable.
1: Yeah, you're investing time to save time. How, how many people will be in any one council? Because you, you'll start them periodically, but you have a, a cohort of people that do it together.
0: So my goal is to put around 15 people into a cohort yeah right so the brain works in threes so 12 or 15 people is the right idea yeah and that way there'll be accountability partners and teams of three Mm. and so there's a lot of of processing that goes on Mm. um, within those groups
1: and the target audience are people who already have a c-suite role correct
0: yeah So I'm really targeting the middle market. And in my mind, that's 100 million to 500 million. So you're in an organization large enough. You have pricing power. You have power in your channel of distribution or service. You have enough diversity in the company. So you have a finance department, a marketing department, a sales department, production department. So you have enough you know, gravitas and and complexity, yeah, to bring this forward.
1: Well, Dan, you are the guide that will help these extraordinary individuals scale the Himalayan mountain.
0: <laughs> they are that. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because again, I don't see these people as broken. I think they're yeah. amazing. They're actualized. They are top performers but they may not because we don't teach what I'm talking about.
1: It's, it's so- you're, you're very niche. It's very hard to find what you, what you're, what you're creating. And of course, once you create it, it will be an ongoing uh, experience that new people can, can join in on. So where this series is part of getting this message out there, but if you're listening and you're not in that 100 to 500 mil area, you've been you've been treated to the 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 rich uh experience and uh and mental sharing of dan silberberg i've i've thoroughly enjoyed this six six part series dan i've said before i can listen to you talk all day (laughs) and i relate it to my own experiences as well
0: well thanks it's been a pleasure to to do this and share this and i would leave you with this that if there are entrepreneurs out there who have businesses less than 50 million dollars if enough people were to contact you I would put a council together for that group it's just that ah. a person running a 300 million dollar business is it's not going to be a good fit if you're running an 8 million dollar business right but if you're less than 50 million and you think this could be of value then i'm happy to put a cohort of those people together and so nina if they they get you uh you put out how they can contact me through linkedin and if yeah. i can get enough of those people i'll be happy to put that together um it's i'm i'm looking at this as a, a global opportunity so it's not just australia or the us so anywhere in the world, if you want to participate, I would invite you to join.
1: Yeah, we're in the top 100 in Saudi Arabia, Tanzania, uh, Poland. Uh, these are in the Apple uh, management uh, podcast charts. So we've got listeners from all over the world and we we value those listeners. So get in contact with uh, Dan Silverberg because uh, there are so many opportunities that Dan is now, educating the next generation of leaders wherever you are being a leader and Dan it's been a rare rare privilege to spend time with you Uh, I love the way you think Uh, it's it's based on your whole life of exploration and, and 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 study and and your storied career as a CEO of of different companies so thank you very much and uh We'll see you again on in the airwaves. Airwaves. I look
0: forward to it, Nina. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. If you want to work with a leadership coach I trust, that's Dan Silverberg. Dan Silverberg's expertise as a CEO combined with holding a master's degree in leadership and coaching and having a storied career as a past CEO, Dan facilitates top performers to become next best version of themselves. Just imagine Dan Silverberg as your personal mentor to help you uncover the genius within you. Joining Dan Silverberg's Leader Council starting soon could be the deepest and most exciting professional development of your career and your life. He can show you how to uncover your true genius, your gifts, and how to manifest them into the world. All it takes to get started is a free conversation with Dan Silverberg. Message Dan via LinkedIn and mention my name, Nina Sunday, to unlock the listener discount. Your journey to becoming a collaborative, high performance, world class leader begins with Dan Silverberg's Leader Council. My name is Nina Sunday on the Manage Self Lead Others podcast. Until next time, bye for now. Nina Sunday is on a mission to help leaders transform culture. To book Nina Sunday CSP to speak at your conference, visit ninasunday.com to request a proposal. Nina travels from Brisbane, Australia, for in-person presentations Australia-wide. Twice certified virtual presenter, Nina Sunday presents virtually, globally, for any time zone.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.